Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue and uh, today we're going to be talking about levels of health for type 5. And before we get started, I just want to draw your attention to the description below. There's a link to my website, TomLahue.com. I do offer coaching appointments. Uh, they're booked up uh, for a couple of weeks, but I'd love to talk to you if you want to talk about uh, more about your type or trying to figure out what your type is or how to get along with the, uh, the awesome people in your life and uh, you know and getting along with their type uh, whatever I can do to help I'd love I'd love for you to reach out to me the description below you can find a link to the website um, also thank you to my patrons I really appreciate your continued support for this channel uh, I am feeling a little self-conscious today because I've got a tooth out uh, that's getting fixed um, and uh, so if uh, I look a little funny today well it's probably all in my head at least, you know, as a seven, I don't mind. I, you know, I actually told people, I said, uh, you know, I've got a tooth out. And they said, ah, I kind of fit your personality. <laughs> I'm not sure what to take from that. But anyway, all right. Well, that's in my head. So let's get started today. We're going to talk about type five. And um, I've been studying type five all week. And uh, I'm looking at a book by, uh, let's see, her name is Ginger Lapid Bogda on uh, bringing out the best in everyone you coach. And it's a really good book. Um, and on chapter on the type fives, you know, I've been looking at the levels of health that she suggests and uh, thinking about it. And of course, you know, I just been doing kind of an overview of what type fives are. Uh, fives uh, are uh, people that can somewhat be isolated um, and can compartmentalize things in their minds. Um, they they can tend to isolate things in their minds. Um, you know, people uh, at work don't mix with people at church and people at church and work don't mix with people in my family. And, and so fives tend to like compartmentalize their lives and compartmentalize their feelings at times. Um, they might think their feelings rather than really integrate into their feelings. Um, I know I don't fully understand that. I know fives can be difficult for me to get my mind around. Um, I really felt like, oh yeah, I understand fives. It makes a lot of sense. But I think the longer I'm in this Enneagram thing and the more I study, um, the more I realize how much I don't know. And so if I, if I say that fives don't feel their feelings, I, I don't mean to sound like fives don't feel their feelings. I think fives absolutely do feel their feelings. I, th I just think that fives tend to compartmentalize and isolate things in their lives into like file folders. There we go. Think of it like file folders. Um, and so uh, I think sometimes their feelings might get put into a feelings folder. And so they want to be very objective and they will approach things very clear-minded and objectively and maybe not allow their feelings at times to dictate their, their thinking. Now that can make them very good in a crisis. It can make them good in, in, in conflict to be able to analyze the data and not get overwhelmed and all of the emotional stuff. Um, but, you know, look, look at that integrated and isolated. What is the opposite of integrated? Disintegrated. Disintegrated into, you know, um, uh, different categories and not necessarily integrating um, with themselves and their own feelings and their own sense of who they are and integrating with others. Sometimes fives can sort of come across isolated away from others uh, as if, you know, maybe their sin is avarice and greed and they might be a little stingy with 
with their interactions with people and with their words with people and with their giving of their time with people. Okay, so let's get into this. Let's look at the lowest level of health. Um, according to uh, Dr. Bogda, let's look at the lowest level of health. She says the lowest level of health for a five is called the fearful strategist. The fearful strategist. It's helpful to remember that fives are in the fear um, group with sixes and sevens. Sevens are afraid they're going to miss out. They're afraid that they're going to be stuck. They're afraid of um, not being satisfied. Sixes uh, their sin really is fear. So they tend to look and struggle with or orient against or toward fear, um, worry, anxiety. And fives, I think it's like a fear of being inept, being helpless, being inadequate, being intruded on, a fear that other people are going to overtake you and monopolize your energy and your time. Um, but at the very lowest level, a fearful strategist, the idea is like sometimes, you know, in their mind, a five might think other people are against me or other people are not for me. Again, this is the lowest level, right? Other people are against me. Other people mean to do me harm. Other people intend on overtaking me or intruding on my time. And so they go into the strategic thinking of what do I have to do to combat that? What do I have to do to not let that happen or to not uh, let these people in invade my space or take advantage of me in some way? So she says the core fear at this level is of being helpless, incapable, depleted, and overtaken. I just think, sit and think about that for a second. Uh, nobody wants to be helpless. I mean, that's an awful feeling. Um, feeling like you're helpless. I mean, fives integrate to eight, right? When they're healthy. Um, and eights will not ever do well thinking of themselves as being helpless. Um, I just think that's interesting. Eights do not ever want to see themselves as being helpless. Um, and fives integrate to eight. And in other words, I think fives could kind of say, you know, eight, get out of my way. I actually have the information. I should be the one taking action when they're doing well. But when they're not doing well, when a five is not doing well, there's that fear of being helpless, uh, the fear of being incapable, or I would say inept, uh, not able to meet the challenge. You've done all this research, you've got all this information, and fives, their orientation is toward information, often toward information, toward space and boundaries and keeping boundaries with people, toward mastering information and so when you master a, a, a bulk of information usually that's for a purpose right so that you're able to then meet the challenge that is required uh, that that information could could benefit you uh, if you if you're mastering information it must be because you intend on accomplishing something with that information and the feeling that you're incapable um, might drive you to pursue more information. But sometimes you can get lost in all that information. Sometimes you can get overwhelmed in all the information and never really feel like maybe you have it mastered enough. Like there's always one more book out there. Remember seven goes to five in health. 
I know that, you know, as a seven, I'm always interested in what I don't have and more information and getting that last book or that next book and mastering that. So I do have a line to five um, that I think I, I, I move to pretty well. Um, but I think I'm much more okay with maybe not feeling like I master it. I feel like I can get out there on the stage and I can share what I know. Obviously, I don't know everything. I think that's a little bit harder for a five, like to get out on the stage, to get out on the stage, get out on the presentation floor, get out on the podium and share what you know. Uh, for a seven, I think we just take for granted that we're not going to know everything um, and that's okay. We want to be practical. We want to be helpful. We want to inspire people. And I think a five, you know, really wants to be more capable. Like the focus of the attention is on, I really want to master this information and be more capable with it and be seen as somebody who is more capable with it. That could keep the five stuck from ever really presenting. A five could get stuck not presenting what they know. And then that would look like greed, wouldn't it? Like hoarding what they know. And remember, there are fear types. So that fear of if I present this, what if I'm wrong about something? What if I'm graded and I don't get the passing grade? Or what if people point out my inconsistencies? Or what if my thinking or my reasoning or my information is flawed in some way? And that could keep you from getting out there and expressing the information or expressing what you know. Um, and keep a five from ever integrating to eight um, where they take their information and they challenge people with it. Feeling of being depleted. I think we all know what it feels like to be depleted. Um, I don't fear it, though. I certainly don't fear, like, oh, people are going to tax my energy and I'm going to have to get away and withdraw. I do. When, when I am depleted, I do get away and withdraw. You know, I'll turn the TV on and I'll watch documentaries or I'll watch YouTube channels like this, you know, with information. And I'll just kind of veg out and zone out in a couple hours. I feel better again. Um, you know, or go for a walk or do yard work or something. But I don't, I don't worry about people infringing on my space. I don't, I, I'm not consumed with thinking about, and I don't know, maybe you fives aren't either. Maybe, maybe you're not consumed with it. Maybe you don't think about it. Um, but uh, I mean, she lists it as a core fear at that lowest level is I'm going to be depleted by interactions with people. I'm going to be overtaken by interactions with people. Uh, I'm going to be intruded on and overtaken. Again, I know I, I don't really have that fear. Uh, even though I'm a fear type, I don't really have that fear. Um, when, when it does happen, when I feel like I'm being overtaken or depleted or you know overwhelmed, I'll realize it and I'll want to withdraw from it just like a five would. But I, I wouldn't say that I in any way fear you know, those things. Interesting stuff. At the lowest level of self-mastery, fives become frightened, withdrawn, isolated, hostile, and haunted. I think, I think isolated is a good word for fives. Fives can end up very isolated. You know, they kind of have this sort of like look at life through the peephole. You know, look at life through the window. Look at life from behind the glass, you know. And, and that, that is a self-protection I mean, all of these personality types are self-protective. Um, you should be, maybe I need to do a video on that sometime. But all of these personality types, all nine of them, are self-protective. They they are designed for broken people to make it in a broken world. And uh, the five's orientation or their stance is to isolate away at times. 
oftentimes, away from people and away from things that they would feel like might be intrusive upon them. Remember the paradox, every type has a paradox. The paradox of the five is you say you want to fully experience life. You say that you want to fully relate to other people, yet your stance is one that isolates you away from experiencing the fullness of your emotions and experiencing, you know, the fullness of relationships with people. Um, so every type has that kind of what they say or what they intend versus what they actually do. And so fives have kind of taken that stance of sort of observing life away from life itself, like through a microscope or through a telescope. And often you find a five at the other end of a microscope or at the other end of a telescope, observing, studying. And I think it's like feeling like I can relate to it if I can keep a distance between me and those forces that would seek to intrude on me. And, and I can relate to it if I can understand it uh, then I don't need to be afraid of it. I don't need to. I don't need to feel like I'm going to get lost in it or get overwhelmed in it. So at the lowest level, they can become frightened, withdrawn, and isolated. Withdrawn and isolated. So notice if you're a five, notice your tendency at times. Would other people say that you withdraw and isolate yourself? You may not realize it yourself. You may not realize that you kind of come home from work and then sort of smile and wave and nod at people in your home and then sort of end up at your desk or end up in your room or end up in your favorite chair over in the corner detached away from the group um, but would other people say that you tend to withdraw and isolate yourself it's not it's not a bad thing to do that um, it's just balance right it's not a bad thing to do that it's not a bad thing to be withdrawn and isolated um, it's just there are times when maybe it's not the best thing for you to do and knowing the difference is really what it's all about knowing that okay it's fine for me right now I, there's no there's no needs or no demands uh, i can take some time and just go off and sort of re-energize it's when you do that at the expense of maybe other people or other people you care about you know when you really need to be when you really need to be investing your time in them or in some task that needs to be done um, and you're isolating and withdrawing at an unhealthy level. I think that's, and we all want balance in our life, right? Okay, it would probably be helpful for some sevens to practice withdrawing, to practice isolating a little bit, you know, and get some time to themselves. It'd probably be good for threes, you know, to do that as well. So it's not a bad thing to withdraw and isolate. It's just be careful of the expense on other people and on the rest of life that you want to integrate with. Um, there's a lot of life that you, you want to integrate into. And if you're always withdrawn, always in the basement, you know, always in your lair, uh, separated away from the rest of life, you know, that's not that you can't really call that a balanced life, which is, I think the goal, if you're watching this video, um, the goal is you, you, you want to be a balanced person. You want to have you know, your, your life going in a direction that is in your best interest and in the best interest of the people that you love. And obviously, you know, you may not 
see this so well because if you're a five, but if you're always sort of in your cave, there are people in your life maybe that, or there could be, let's put it that way, there could be. Maybe maybe there's not people in your life that, that need and want your, your involvement, but perhaps there could be and maybe there should be if, if you could get out of that cave a little bit more uh, um, in a more natural way. Okay. All right. Um, so they can believe that people are planning on doing them harm, and as a consequence, they may plot and scheme to harm others as a way of circumventing what they imagine will be done to them. I, it kind of sounds like you pick up a little bit of the anxiety of the six um, and the isolation of the four. Like, well, what are, you know, that, that six can be very suspicious. When you, when you get a six and a four, you get the fear of a six mixed with the I'm not, I'm not being understood or, or treated right of the four, you get this, you get this five energy. Um, and in this unhealthy way, it's almost like you've picked up, she sounds like she's saying you almost pick up the anxiety of the six, like they're out to get me and, and, and sort of that withdrawn posture of the four and, and that the, you know, there's combined, it says they can become secretive and implosive and they remove themselves from interactions with others and have extremely limited access to their own feelings okay that's not a pretty picture i mean that's pretty rough um it'd be interesting if any of you guys have have um experienced those times or maybe you're experiencing that time right now in your life where you can be quite suspicious of people and then even begin to like plot and scheme to circumvent what you think they might be, what they might do to you, um, and become very secretive and remote uh, as you remove yourself away. Um, interesting, interesting. So the fearful strategist—that's the lowest level. The the mid level or the moderate level she calls the remote expert. The remote expert. I like that. Remote, separate from, not engaged, disengaged, over on the sidelines. Not, not a part of the group. Again, there's the kind of that four energy. Not a part of the group. Remote, set apart, set aside. Don't want to be intruded on. Don't want to be disturbed. Uh, want to see and experience from that safe distance. There, fear type, right? So remote expert. I, I need you to know that I'm an expert. I mean, this is the mid-level, right? This isn't the highest level, but this is the mid-level. I need to be an expert. I need to be around the experts, and I need to be seen as an expert. Well, you know, it's very hard. It takes a lot of time to become an expert in anything. Uh, so this is a, a monumental task. Um, you know, if you just want to become an expert in, in buttons, you know, buttons that go on shirts. I mean, how many thousands, hundreds of thousands, or whatever of buttons are there out there in the world, and you're going to become an expert in it. Anything that you would decide to become an expert in is going to be a life's work. You know, it's going to be a life's work, a life's journey. And are you ever really going to feel like you have made it to the end of that mountain of knowledge? Um, you know, with ones, right, you have to tell ones at times, know when good enough is good enough, because ones... Um, can can constantly beat themselves up because they don't feel like things are perfect enough or that their behavior is perfect enough or that things are clean enough and put away enough. And that idea that sometimes good enough is good enough, that's very painful for a one. I think it could be painful for a five. Like know when you need to turn your paper in. 
You know, you know enough, it's good enough. You could obviously take it back and revise it again, but eventually it has to be taken out and presented. Eventually it has to be shown to the world. And I can imagine if I had a fear that I need to be an expert and I need to understand this and I need to be adequate and adept and all this, that there could be times when it just stalls me from ever getting out and presenting. I always say that fives have to be willing to risk going to seven, looking like a fool, in order to get to eight, challenging people with their ideas and their thoughts. You have to be willing to risk that, that balance of, I can't be so afraid of, of seven things, of getting a pie in the face or being humiliated. You know, sevens are okay with a lot of that stuff. Um, they don't mind raising the energy at the expense of their own dignity at times. Um, and I think fives, you know, take take life a lot more seriously and don't want to be thought of as somebody who, you know, doesn't really know or, or is kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And I think as a five, you got to be willing to risk because what good is it if you understand all of this or know how things work or understand how things work and then don't share that at the right time, don't speak up at the right time, don't involve yourself in the crisis in order to be a part of resolving that crisis. If you're so avoidant of the crisis and of the interactions with people that you isolate away, then what good is it to have all this information but it's sitting on the library shelf and is not actually open and engaged um, in, in the moment. Okay, so let's see, the remote expert. Okay, and again, that idea of remote has the idea of compartmentalized, right? And that's the way I think fives tend to like file folder everything, compartmentalized apart from, um, wants to feel competent. Conserving their inner resources and their energy, their, their focus is on conserving their inner resources and energy, on maintaining their privacy, on accumulating knowledge in order to feel competent. So the focus of the attention of the mid-level five, of the moderate level health five, is on conserving their inner resources, compartmentalizing away everything, including themselves, maintaining their privacy, and on competency, on being competency, on being competency, being competent, or being perceived of as competent, being competent in their field, competent in their information, competent in their knowledge, and certainly being perceived of as being competent. Which is funny because sometimes fives will throw out a lot of this information. And you've probably done this if you're a five. You've probably done this. You've realized that maybe people don't care about all you know. And so as a young five, you probably overshare, 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 and then people just kind of tune you out, eyes glaze over, or maybe they even yell at you to stop. Oh my goodness, will you stop talking about you know, whatever the topic is, you're like consumed on this topic of batting averages, you know, of baseball players or, or car engines or, you know, whatever the topic is. And, and, and you think you're helping people by sharing all this information and that they will think well of you because of what you know. And, and you look around and you just realize people are frustrated with you or irritated with you or they've tuned you out. I can imagine that could be a very discouraging feeling, you know, for somebody whose focus of their attention is on mastering information and then they share the information and people tell them to shut it. 
<laughs> I can imagine that would be very frustrating. Uh, okay. At mid-level of self-mastery, fives appear remote and private. Remote and private. Uh, they appear remote and private. Again, you may not see that in yourself. You may think, oh my goodness, I can't get away from people. I wish I could get more space between me and them. But to others observing you, they may feel like you're already removed and isolated away. Like you're present, but you're not really engaged. And you may not see that in yourself as well as other people see it. They guard their time, their energy, and their autonomy um, and they dislike surprises. Um, I know sixes can dislike surprises as well. They want to be clued in with all the facts and all the information. They don't want something to snap out and get them, you know, at the last minute. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know that about fives, that they might dislike surprises as well. So guarding their time, guarding their energy. Again, they've got that defensive stance, you know, of... I'm going to withdraw and isolate and move away from those people that would seek to overtake and involve me um, and, uh, and intrude in my space. They avoid situations in which they are likely to be the center of attention. Okay. Um, interesting. So withdrawn type on the sidelines could look like a nine. I think a lot of fives look like nines and nines look like fives and i think the the kind of the, the the rule of thumb is if you're a, a man or a male and you could be a five or you could be a nine chances are you're a nine if you're a female and you could be a two or you could be a nine chances are you're a nine uh, twos and fives tend to know they're twos and fives nines tend to see themselves in multiple different ways because they they have that superpower of seeing other people's perspective fives see their own perspective they see their own perspective and they may they may be oblivious to other people's perspective um, fives are not known to you know to really respect social norms um, fives may not give a lot of attention to the 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 little pleasantries of life you know again I would say that fives might walk in past you know a greeter at a door and not think that they should say hello to that person. I don't, and then the thinking might be like, well, I don't have a relationship with that person. I'm not seeking to have a relationship with that person. I don't want to intrude on their space. Again, we all project our personalities out onto others. So if you're a five, you tend to think other people think like you think, like fives think, and they wouldn't want me to intrude on their space. So I'm not going to be intrusive on their space. I'm going to respect that boundary and respect their space by not intruding on them. And then it's a very helpful thing when you realize that other people don't have your personality and there are plenty of people and plenty of types out there that want you to speak to them. They want you to say hello to them. They'll feel bad if you walk past them and don't say hello to them. Like maybe they don't have any worth and value if you don't acknowledge them. So fives, you know, might miss uh, some of those social cues and again compartmentalizing right compartmentalizing so it might be difficult for a five to integrate all of those social norms and those social cues for each individual setting they tend to think I'm at work so I'm in my work zone I'm at family I'm in my family zone I'm at church I'm in my church zone and never the two cross and 
when you compartmentalize your thinking like that, you might miss some of the, you know, the, the, the wheels that you need to grease in relationships. Um, the pleasantries, the small talk. Fives might miss the small talk. Uh, what's the point of it? You know, what's the, what's the goal of the small talk? Um, it doesn't seem to be accomplishing. And I don't want a deeper relation. If you're isolated away, you may not want a deeper relationship with people. So what's the point of, of all of this small talk? Okay. Um, let's see. What else? Guarding their time, energy, and autonomy, and disliking surprises. They avoid situations uh, that, where they're likely to be the center of attention. And again, there's that isolating away from people, um, not wanting to be the center of attention, certainly not wanting to be made fun of, and certainly not wanting to be humiliated in any way. So they may choose to not reveal personal information. They can become detached from their feelings, um, hungering for a knowledge about anything that interests them. Fives keep their needs to a minimum. Um, this is why I think it's good for sevens to integrate to a five because sevens, you know, think they need everything. I need what I don't have. Oh, I need this and I need to buy that and I need this. Then my collection will be complete. Fives have that orientation toward, I don't want to need stuff. I want to not have needs. Um, I, I have my laptop and I have my, my chair and I have my dog and that's all I need. And I think sevens could learn a lot from limiting their needs and needing less. I think when a five disintegrates further into seven is when the five starts jumping at things like, oh, I need this course. And then and if I get that course, then I need this, I need this book and I need this, and I need this. And then, and then once I learn all this information, you know, then I could take the next step, but maybe I don't have enough information yet. So maybe I need to also order this course and go through this certification and get this training and get this. And then, and then I'll be prepared. And then, I'll, and it's like, okay, at what point do you know enough that you can move to eight and and actually you know take a real step progress a real progress step forward and sort of put it out there on the line okay so guarded they want to keep their needs to a minimum and they tend to be very guarded and controlled um okay so the mid-level anything else i want to say about that private um, the remote expert. So the lowest level is the fearful strategist. The mid-level is the remote expert. What's the highest level? Well, the highest level is the integrated wizard. The integrated wizard. I mean, you can't help but think about Dumbledore, right? I mean, that's where my mind goes. Uh, the integrated wizard. So the compartmentalization, look at that. Compartmentalized, disintegrated, moves toward integrated, uh, moves toward um, from isol isolation to integration. Um, let's see what she says. The core understanding of this highest level is that true wisdom involves an integration of thoughts, feelings, and action and comes from direct experience. So integration of your thoughts, your feelings, and action. That's profound. It really is. Um, you know, I think fives, you have two wings on purpose. The wings that you have, a four and a six, are there on purpose. When you think about fives isolated, compartmentalized away, what are they compartmentalized away from? 
Look at the four wing. From knowing yourself, from knowing how you feel about things. A five may not really take their own feelings into consideration. They may look at that as, well, That's those are my feelings. That's not what I base my decision on. That's not what I want to base my my direction in life on, on my feelings. But, you know, feelings are true information, um, true to you. They may not be objectively true, but they're subjectively true. And it's important to know how you feel about things. It's important to look inward and not just look at the facts, not just look at the objective information, but to look at the your inner truth, you might say, or your inner compass, and to know how you feel about things. And again, that can be cut off from you a little bit as a five. You might not see the importance of that. You might think, well, you know, the best decision is this because that's objectively clear. But is that really the best decision that you want to live with? Is that what you really like? Is that what you really want? And you might have a hard time integrating those inner subjective truths and integrating them with your objective truth. And then I think, so... I think the four wing is all about knowing yourself and integrating with yourself. And the six wing is all about integrating toward others, integrating toward your team, integrating toward the family and the people that that you interact with. Sixes want to be safe and they want to have a network of people around them that keep them safe. Sixes don't know what they think. They want to know what you think. What do you think? What do you think? Okay, I got all the expert advice. I've got, I've got, I've got people around me that know, that have experience. I have that common sense and experience around me. So now I feel safe enough to make a decision. Fives, you value objective facts. You value the objective truth, the research, the data. But, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in kind of finding out what other people think that aren't necessarily experts but have experience. And integrating toward those people, integrating toward that community wisdom or that common wisdom or that, you know, that, uh, that uh, people's experience... You say, well, experience, that's not the same thing as information. It's not. It's not the same thing as information, but it is something that you might want to integrate into your information so that your information is not just raw data and facts. You've integrated with yourself. You know what your subjective truth is, and you're integrating with others, and you know what the the uh, the common experience or common sense experience of others is now um, integrating with your objective truth. So you're not leaving out sort of like um, those other two uh, ways of knowing things. What do I feel about this? And you know, what, what, what do people around me say? What do people around me think about this? And those may not seem like, you know, big priorities in the mind of a five, but, but uh, I think those wings are there for, for, for a reason. Okay, when fives have done the personal work of learning to fully experience their feelings in the moment, in the moment, and to completely engage in life, you know, fives might be disengaged. Like a nine, they might be withdrawn and disengaged. Engage in life rather than observing it. Rather than observing it. Nines also tend to be like observers of life. You know, life is happening to them. And fives I think can can take that observational stance in life detached away from life itself 
And they would say, well, no, why is it wrong to just observe? Why, why isn't that engaging? I'm engaging from an observational view. Um, okay, well, that's a good question. I've been asked that question before. And I, I, I guess the first thing I think of is, you know, I have five children and now a grandson. And I know that my kids need me to do more than to observe the family. Uh, they need me to interact. They need me to be available to them. They need to be allowed to intrude in my space. That's what relationships are. Relationships are messy. Relationships are like spaghetti. You know, I think a five wants it to be like a waffle. You know, every little part is separated and divided. But real relationships are sticky. They're, uh, they're messy. They, 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 people uh, have emergencies that are not convenient at my time when I want them to call on me is when they call on me and and being connected to people means that you are are willing and able to uh, allow them to intrude sixes get this right sixes get this this is your six wing okay that um, when when a six realizes that somebody in their family is having a crisis the six throws everything down. I'll be there for you. I will rush to your side. There's an emergency. The lights go off and I will rush to your side and I will be there for you and I will support you. And it doesn't matter what this costs me. I am loyal, right? Sixes are the loyal skeptic. And so they're loyal to rush in and be there at a moment's notice and help you build your barn so that when my barn is, that's the backside of that six, right? Is that when I have an emergency, I need to know that you're gonna be there for me. So fives, you know, they, they want everything, the lines to be a lot clearer and everybody to be more compartmentalized and relationships to work more in those blocky square ways, but relationships don't really work in those blocky square ways often. They can get messy, sticky, gooey, and uh, that's the nature of relationships. Okay, so completely engage in life rather than observing it from afar. Um, and so I, again, I don't think it's bad to have an observational stance. I just think it may not be in your best interest to have an obs to retain an observational stance when it's necessary for you to engage. Same thing's true for nines. Um, to engage in life when you when you might feel inclined to rather just pull back and observe there are times when you've got to uh, engage you can you it's fine to have a bat cave right but even batman comes out at night and um, engages you know with the city and he usually gets beat up a little bit okay and exhausted but then he goes back to his bat cave i think batman is actually a six but I don't really, I haven't really thought about it, but he's probably a six, probably a counterphobic six. He's afraid of bats, right? So he, he, he puts on the uniform of what he fears as a way of coping with it. But I think as a five, you could kind of get stuck in your bat cave and observe it all on your monitors. But you know, you got to go out and, and engage, uh, and you're, and it's going to feel like you might get, feel like you're getting beat up and exhausted by, by engaging like that. Uh, they become lively, spontaneous, joyful, and imaginative. That's great. That's great. That's that's what I hope. My hope for you. May you be lively, spontaneous, engaged, joyful, imaginative. Um, 
You know, and I think some of the great minds of of um, epic movies, you know, I think of as as fives like Tim Burton, um, what's an Anthony Hopkins. What they say, George Lucas is a five. I mean, Tolkien, I think, is a five. C.S. Lewis. I mean, um, so you know these these epic, imaginative um, stories. Um, I think Alfred Hitchcock. You know, I think of Agatha Christie. I mean, these are fives, right? Uh, Michael Crichton. Um, I think um, you know. Okay. Imaginative. Their wisdom comes from full integration of head, heart, and body. Head, heart, and body. Um, and keep in mind, you know, um, as a five, you tend to be in that thinking group, but you have a wing that over over in that heart group, that four. As a seven, I don't even have that. You know, I have no connection to the heart at all in terms of the Enneagram. Um, but integrating head, heart, and body... Remember, at the lower level, disintegrated. At the higher level, integrated. Not just compartmentalized, but integrating. The fives have moved beyond a primarily cerebral way of existing, in other words, just existing in your head, into a state of contagious zest for ideas, feelings, and experiences. A contagious zest for feelings, ideas, and experiences. So, moving into life. Um, awesome stuff. Well, I hope that this has been helpful for you. I've enjoyed going back and looking at the five again. and looking at it in terms of these levels of health. The integrated wizard. The fearful strategist in the middle level of the remote expert. Um, and um, I hope as I continue to coach um, fives or people that live with fives to help bring greater awareness uh, to uh, to how to move toward health. And again, I think the first thing I would say to most of us is being balanced between your wings. You'll have a dominant wing and a less dominant wing. You, you, you might want to look at that less dominant wing. And, and that often is what will balance you or help you move toward being balanced. You know, if you're a five wing four, what does it mean to, to lean more on that six and to to allow more six energy into my my thinking and my and my way of interacting with people. If I'm a five wing six, you know the problem solver. Um, what does it mean to get more in touch with who I am and my goals and my my feelings, my intuition, and move more toward that four space? Um, I might I might be blind to my own uh, subjective knowledge and subjective ways of knowing things. So that's a good place to start if uh, you're just starting in this journey, um, finding yourself on the Enneagram map and what do I do to, to move toward a healthier place in life. I think when you're balanced between your wings, you will, you will look like the number that you move to in health. You will look more like an eight. You will look more like you're ready to take action. You're ready to stand up to the plate you know, and, and, and put yourself out there. Um, so I hope it's been helpful to you. And of course, you know, I always in these videos by saying be present to life. And I think, you know, for a five, that means you got to come out of the shadows. You got to come out of, uh, I mean, C.S. Lewis said it, right? We tend to live in the shadow lands um, and we got to come out of the shadows. Life doesn't happen in the shadows. It happens out, you know, out on the field. And so let's get out on the field. Um, know when we know enough 
uh, know when we know enough that we can step out and take action um, and integrate to that, that place of action. Integrated with our feelings, integrating our heart, our head together, and integrating toward action. All right, guys. Thank you and be present to life. I'll see you next time.